Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Reactionaries podcast. This week's episode is Karate Cop, the sequel to Omega Cop, the smash international sensation starring Ron Marchini and not directed by Paul Curiazzi. My name is Jeff Crisco. I'm here with my co-host, Joe Gruen. Joe, we are now three movies into the Marchini Cinematic Universe. How are you doing? Jeff, I'm doing great. How about you? I got the Solar Madness. (laughs) <laughs> which is not a problem in this one i guess did you stand too close to the windowsill i thought i was okay but i was in the middle of the room it just touched my hand <laughs> so this one is a omega cop sequel karate cop so last week we did yes. omega cop uh, outlining the exploits of john travis who turns out to be the last cop in the universe except for all the other cops that definitely exist mm-hmm. in both in Omega Cop and they talk about in this movie, they're going to go to Juno, where I guess there's still safety. So Juno, Alaska? They bring yes. Juno? Yes, that's where the that's spoilers. That's where the kids go. Oh, OK, because I knew they were talking about one up north. I never yeah. heard Juno, though. Yeah, it was Juno. I was like, are they just trying to get back to Montana? I thought they had that yeah. figured out. <laughs> John Travis. This is Montana, I guess. Right. I don't know. It's um, not north enough. So, Joe, we have to loop back because I made some amazing discoveries about um, Omega Cop this week. Okay. So, last week we talked about Omega Cop. We've been talking about Paul Curiosi, Ron Marchini, the Marchini Cinematic Universe. I found out this week they are both just hanging out on Facebook. Both these guys just chilling on Facebook, doing Facebook stuff. Fantastic. Made some amazing discoveries this week. So, first of all, not a great discovery. Ron Marchini is a stand for the flag guy. All right. Joe, how do you <laughs> feel that not about an, that? Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> How's that not a great discovery? <laughs> he did not he did not fight um Wraith and Lincoln to have it's right. <laughs> his overpaid well, for the flag and Asian Dragon Lady to have these athletes kneel for the flag. Damn straight. He is full rock flag and eagle. Rock, flag, and eagle. Joe, second thing I discovered this week. This uh-huh. is from the man himself, Paul Curiazzi's Facebook, talking about the production of Omega Cop. Mm-hmm. Adam, which if we, you listened before, is Adam West. Yes. Adam West also wrote a prologue about how man did not take care of his environment and caused the greenhouse effect, which resulted in the futuristic plot of the movie. He volunteered to read that prologue and we used it, creating a theme for the film that we had never considered. This lifted our action vehicle into a message movie of sorts, at least in the (laughs) opening scenes. Joe, two things. One, yes. the whole gist of it was we were saying that they just need to get the message out there. Yeah. Which is, that's an Adam West joint. It's, It's Adam West's message. Two, Adam West actually cared about this movie, gave uh-huh. points, gave tips, wrote parts of the script, and that was the performance that he turned in. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that was his, like, yeah, like, he poured his heart and soul into the plot of the movie. But when it came to execution time, he, he did, checked out. He uh, he uh, drank a little bit more, a little bit too much. Yeah. Um, so how about, was, wait, wait, how about three? This basically this whole movie centers around environmental catastrophe. So yes. did they have a movie? And then Adam West said, I want to write this beginning. And then they were like, hey, that's not bad. That's, that's better than what we got. Why don't we scrap the movie? <laughs> what if he invented the solar madness subplot? <laughs> yeah, dude, totally. 
that's incredible. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, because it really became it becomes a different movie with that intro. Like without that intro, it's just a crazy future. And with it, it's, uh, you know, tarn apple fishnets. Right. And then you get the talking about how the poli- the military was all over the world, but not at home to handle the gangs. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it gives the whole underpinning of, you know, who listens to the fake news anyways. Correct. The third thing that we discovered about Omega Cop is, Joe, what did you say about all the people that weren't the stars in this? Craigslist actors. <laughs> Joe, here's from Omega Cop Good Bad Flicks on YouTube, a comment from Gerald Scott seven years ago. I was involved. Well, Joe, he was involved in making this movie, and the cast and crew were mostly untrained volunteers. Only the main actors and director and camera operators were skilled. I played many bit parts, and I am Bad Bob, the guy trying trying to buy guns from Troy Donahue. It was a lot of fun to make it out in an onion farm outside Stockton, California. So this is the guy you said was, like, on drugs. This is the guy I said can't act at all. Like, you were like, well, he's just delivering a mellow performance. I was like, no, this guy was handed lines and he was like reading them as the camera was rolling. Uh, this guns? was, by the way, You're right? Yeah, this is the guy in the in the shop trying to get the guns, mm-hmm. and like getting called a pea brain by Ron Marchini. Who could forget Bad Bob, our favorite character of all? Bad Bob, probably the third favorite character, but he's he's up there. There's uh, um, Christian Bale. Yes. There's. Dr. Lattimore. Dr. Lattimore. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best character, actually. Dr. Lattimore is one. Hands down. And then, yeah, Christian Bale. And then, yeah, I guess uh, Bad Bob. Bad Bob? Bad Bob. All right. So let's put Karate Cop, or sorry, Omega Cop in the past. Let's transition rear to view. the sequel, Karate Cop. And Joe, this was a question I was going to ask you before the episode, but I wanted to wait till after the episode mm-hmm. started. At what point did you realize the title is a play on Karate Chop? I thought it was a play on Karate Kid. (laughs) (laughs) About 80% of the way through a movie, he karate chops a guy, and I was like, oh. (laughs) Well, I was very confused because for a movie about karate, this sure has a lot of shooting in it. (laughs) Yes, there's very, there's, this should be called like Shooty Cop. I, there's yeah. more shooting in this than in than in Omega Cop. Yes, hands down. This has way less karate than Omega Cop had. Yeah, like I would call this Karate Cop and the other one Omega Cop, but um, or this one Omega Cop and the other one Karate Cop. Yes. So Joe, yeah. you want to get into the 1991 film classic Karate Cop? Yes, we're a year in the future, 1991, and. Uh, and uh, Mr. G and slash Wraith are a thing of the past, and as is Paul Kiriazzi. He is no longer involved in this movie. It is now directed by Alan Roberts, most notoriously known for his work in softcore porn. Oh, really? Yes, that's the only thing I know about him. <laughs> All right, then. Budget. Explain, that, that really explains some of the decisions that they made in this movie. Specifically early, yeah. Yes. Uh, budget, <laughs> unknown. Box office, not applicable. <laughs> um, and I have no information, literally no, no, nothing left to, to give. Um, this was also shot in Stockton. I guess we should talk about that. And Same Lodi. Thing. And Lodi. Oh. And used uh, Sacramento stuff, like Cosumnes River College again. So are you ready to jump in? 
Yes, and I want to before we start, I want to apologize to anybody who actually watched this movie on YouTube because the first probably five to six minutes was visual gibberish slash audio gibberish. Yes, I have people getting chased, someone getting chased by someone else. People are talking. I don't know what they're saying. Something a lot happens. of rabbling in the background. The gang going, arr, 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 so you can't hear any of the lines. Yeah, real bad uh, quality transfer. And um, there is a better quality out there because I saw after looking at it, there was a, somebody did a compilation of all of his kills in Karate Cop, and it was in perfect quality. I was like, I need to, I need to get a hold of that. I did hear that there was a way to get it. I just have no idea how to go about doing that, especially yeah. over the course of a week, which is what we've had. Um, so let's jump into this thing and I will do my best to decipher this 10 minutes of nonsense at the beginning. <laughs> this uh, cold open. Cold open. Yes. So we have two women and they bust through like a fence type thing. Um, Cause at first I thought it was like a wall, like a boarded up doorway or something, but then they're outside after they get through. So I'm like, Oh, this is just a fence, I guess. <laughs> like, like a gate. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. Well, they're wooden boards, right? Like yeah. Plants. So they it's burst through tell. them. It's hard to tell. One of them falls down. Uh, the marauders burst through, and uh, women. The women hide, and I can't understand any of the audio. Like they're talking this whole time. I, I like it's YouTube different. couldn't understand it. I couldn't understand it. I was like, fuck it. Uh, the brunette shoots, uh, but she's out of ammo. She tries to shoot at the yeah. marauders. Out of ammo. There's a lot of yelling. I said, fuck the sound mixer. <laughs> it's so um, bad. It's just. <laughs> and then you hear. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. So then the blonde decides to uh, come out. And she twirls a chain above her head. Mm-hmm. And she fights the bad guys. To while do something. Brunette, while the brunette skates. She, yeah. she heads out. Um. So I finally make out my first word of the film. One of the bad guys says bitch. <laughs> <laughs> then I finally make out my first sentence of the film. The bad guy says, I'm going to shit and come in your mouth, bitch. <laughs> I did not catch that, Joe. Quite a way to open. Yeah, go back, listen to it. He definitely says that. We call this a cold open, but I think this open starts pretty hot. It's a little warm. <laughs> a little hot a little Carl. Yeah. Uh, so the blonde girl takes out three of the guys before she's stabbed to death and yeah. beaten to death as well. By, by a guy who listens to Dr. Fauci. They're all wearing their coronavirus masks. Yes, that's a good good point. Way ahead of its time. Way ahead <laughs> like of their time. 30 years ahead of the pandemic. Well, last last one was about, hey, we need to pay attention to uh, environmental catastrophe. This one is we need to pay attention to uh, pandemics, I guess. It's just all about getting the, uh, getting the information out there, Joe. Correct, yeah. And boy, does it. Uh, also, the brunette is getting chased by ISIS for some reason, again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It gets into like real weird, like just generic, yeah, Middle Eastern garb. It's just very strange. Yeah. Um. So she gets knocked down with a rock to the head. <laughs> I laughed so hard at that. <laughs> the bad guys threw conservatively like a crab apple sized rock at her head, yeah. <laughs> and it plunks her, and she's just paralyzed from the waist down. Like she can't walk anymore. She drags herself to safety. 
I think there's even a sound effect of like doink. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, the gang is okay. The gang is taking forever to get to the girl because they knock her down. So you assume with a rock, you assume they're like I don't know, twenty yards away max, and yeah. then like this is scenes going on and they're nowhere. <laughs> like like they're just you just hear them in the background. You're like, wait, how did she? get so far ahead of these guys like what is what's happening timing wise here um so then the woman crawls to a man in black boots and says help me and then passes out and then the gang pursues her in the shed and we hear like cheesy punching sound effects like and then they kind of like fall out of the shed right Mm -hmm. and a man emerges from an 80s heavy metal video smokes everywhere Smoke's everywhere. Heavy backlighting. Heavy backlighting. So it's just his shadow. It's Ron. Yep. I was going to say, could this be Ron, Death Machine, John Travis, Marquini? It's it's Ron Marquini, yes. Oh, my God, Joe. (laughs) Ron Marquini, I I mean, John Travis. (laughs) Yeah. Are you shocked? I'm shocked. I am shocked. I didn't know he was going to be in this movie. So Travis then says, can I help you guys? And the gang member says, out of our way. We want the girl. Joe, does the girl want to play anymore? Travis says, I don't think she wants to play anymore. The gang member says, well, what about you? (laughs) I really think Ron Marquini did his own punch up on the lines in this movie because he has a lot of one liners like that. Yeah. Well, I said beggars can't be choosers, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it is the apocalypse. Um, then Travis says, you know, if you want to play, you'll have to pay. And I said, 60 for a nut kick, 100 to watch me shit in my hat, 80 for a half and half. <laughs> uh, Joe, is Ron Marquini wearing the special cop hat from Omega Cop? Yes, he is wearing the exact, his Jesus chain of sorts. It is his Jesus chain. That's what I was going to say. If this is the through line to all the uh, the Marquini Cinematic Universe, it's his special police hat. It's the key to all his powers. And he does exhibit some superhuman powers throughout this movie. Yeah. It's either his hat or one that looks just like it. Don't forget. It could be anyone's hat, really. <laughs> <laughs> could be anyone's hat. Um, yeah. It could be, like, a, a Halloween costume store hat, considering it says special police on the yes. front of big red yellow letters generic police entity right um so travis is kicking everyone's ass with a staff like a wooden staff i think yeah he's getting his donatello on if he was a video quality still sucks for some reason where i can't make everything out um then the final guy charges him with a knife travis nods and motions with a hand you know that like come get it come get it motion and then the guy runs off and then it says ron marquini karate cop yes the guy he scares off last looks like he's wearing they're all wearing masks you know we got Uh covid masks but he looks like he's wearing ladies underwear on his face joe (laughs) is he the one that has like the phantom of the opera half of his face no he has he has like it's like a thin triangle covering like his nose and mouth okay yeah yeah yeah. it looks like he's wearing ladies underwear joe uh you know when you don't have a mask, you got to make do. It's you about being with, responsible. You work with what you got. Yeah. Plus, it's it's nice and arousing. Uh, <laughs> anyway. uh, then we say, we have a dog 
in partial blackface that licks at a woman's face, waking it's, her up. This is this dog is multi insensitive because the dog's name is Mick. Yes. <laughs> they they went right after the Irish and black people. <laughs> and Mick gets Mick is my favorite character. Mick gets so much unnecessary screen time in this movie. It's so good. Except when the bad guys show up. Then he's out of town. Oh, I got a theory on that. I do too. <laughs> um, so the woman is startled by Travis shaving with a knife. And also because she's naked. Yeah, just randomly naked. Which his, his justification is he's like, oh, there's acid rain. I washed your clothes. So that yeah, they... I, I, have, I have the lines here. Okay. So the girl says, where are my clothes? And Travis says, they're right behind you. And the girl grabs them. And then John Travis says, acid rain. If I didn't wash them, they'd have burned holes in them. All right, your thoughts? <laughs> my thoughts is, so acid rain is just a thing that happens in this universe, okay? We, we understand it's just a thing that happens. So she should know, if this is true, she should know that acid rain is a thing and she'd be like, oh, did I get acid rain on my clothes? Yeah, but she does not act that way, does she? <laughs> no. So I'm starting to wonder if acid rain is actually a thing in this universe or if John Marquini just made that up to, you know, sneak a peek. Because well, it's said, mostly out there. Yeah, I said, ah, the 90s, when you could blame the environment for everything. Because as we've seen <laughs> from our last movie, you can yeah. blame the environment for blackface. You can blame the environment for everything. For sexual, for sexual assault. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. But Joe, he didn't look. He didn't look. He didn't look. So she says, yeah, yeah right. Um, I'll bet or something. Uh, and then the girl thought all the cops were dead after the law enforcement wars. <laughs> um, gir girl's name is Rachel. We find that out. Yes. So Travis feeds his dog empty cans. That can't be better proved. <laughs> yeah, that can't be right. He's like, here, lick this. Eat this. Eat this can. This metal can. And then uh, the girl offers Travis a hot meal for a ride home, further complicating the laws of Marchinian economics. Yep. And he runs this by the smartest person in the entire movie. Yeah. I said, Travis checks with his financial advisor, Mick the dog. <laughs> <laughs> Mick barks. It's a deal. <laughs> it's a deal. Mick's his attorney. Yeah. Mick's, Mick's covers a lot of the, uh, the behind-the-scenes stuff in Rod yeah. Marchini's life. All the things he can't, he doesn't have time to deal with because he's out kicking ass. Yeah, Mick was the one who like got saved all the you know Filipino stunt man money to make yeah. to fund death machines to make this whole project go. Yeah. yeah, and like while Ron actually has his name on on the credits as a writer, it's really just like mostly Mick. Like yeah, he like goes the Ben Affleck, Matt Damon thing. <laughs> he's like he he goes into the room and he's like Omega Cop, okay, Barati Cop. <laughs> what is Barati cop? He hits his nose, bad dog. <laughs> um, okay, so we are in a car, right? They're driving, and yes. the marauders shut down the streets with dumpsters. They like block them off, and so Travis, Rachel, and Mick all bail from the car. And yeah, we get a lot. We get a lot of shots of how Mick feels about this. This coming up, like they. It was like they were like, okay, we can't film these at the same time. Just do a lot of shots of the dog reacting. Right. There's a lot of shots of Mick just like they're because the mob is like they're like blocking off access with dumpsters and, and all this stuff to 
to to corner him and the dog is very concerned about it we know how he feels very concerned yes so the marauders light a suicide cart and they roll it toward them okay it's like an explosive shopping cart um and then travis blows it with a double barreled shotgun and then travis and rachel run okay noticeably it's only them rachel says where's the dog and travis says he always disappears when there's trouble. Okay. My theory? Yeah, what's an, your theory? He's not a well-trainable dog. And this is how you explain your way out of it. <laughs> that was my theory. I was like, or they can't get the dog to pay attention to what's going on for more than 30 seconds at a time. So they just film it when it's just sitting there to splice it in. Right, right. Yeah, when he's just sitting there and there's someone like dangling like a ball yeah. in their face. Like. But yeah. Mike, I want to know how many takes they did with the trying to get the dog to run with them before they were just like, forget it, Dude, forget yeah. it. Three people on set shot themselves. It was probably so frustrating. Yeah, I wrote. Yeah, the dog is a coward yeah. or it's poorly trained or poorly trained. Um, yeah, I said he can't follow simple blocking instructions. Uh, so then we get introduced to Snaker. Snaker comes on the scene. He's not Snake. His name's Snake Er. He snakes. He is the one who snakes. He is the snake man. Uh, And he's the mutant gang leader with a whip and a speech impediment. And he says, uh, says he owns this part of town and snaker law here, which we later find out that's bullshit. (laughs) Yeah, he's a a crony. He's a total crony. He's like a mega lackey. Um, Also, snaker's got a bit of a gut. I don't know if you noticed that. Like snaker's okay shape up top but then like once you get past the nipples really falls apart like underneath he doesn't do core work no core work whatsoever um so he gets his ass kicked pretty quick by john the man travis and travis and rachel escape yeah and then real quick so snaker yes he is like special police all cops are dead yes no. <laughs> what would you? Oh, yeah, because there's cops in D.C. and New York. There's cops everywhere. But that's not what I want to talk about. Joe, I want to talk about this. Snaker's accent is offensive to somebody, but I don't know who. Yeah, good point. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like kind of Latino, but then kind of something else. Like It's kind of like Latino mixed with like Southeast Asian. Yeah, <laughs> that's a it's good a, point. It's mixed offensive with to somebody. Yeah, mixed with, with somebody, but I don't know who. So, Joe, Snaker. Uh-huh. Snaker played by Michael E. Barstow. I told you, or Michael E. Bristow, sorry. I told you, yeah. this is somebody whose work you're familiar with, but okay. he's not a, He's not a big character, or a big actor. Okay. He starred in three movies. He was in 1986 Jungle Wolf as okay. Agent Murphy. Okay. He was in... 1991's Karate Cop as Snaker, and he was in 1990's Omega Cop as Raccoon Face. <gasps> this is Raccoon Face? <laughs> this is Raccoon Face, Joe. Whoa. Between this and Bobby Moynihan coming back, the gang's all back together. I think they made a solid choice keeping him uh, away from the blackface without dialogue. <laughs> no, actually, I think it was much better in Omega Cop because. He goes way over the top of the dialogue in this movie. It's like he goes, uncomfortable. Yeah. He goes ham. So, all right, back to the movie, Joe. Okay, so Travis and Rachel, they reach her compound, and the fence is electrified, 
and the automatic gate is broken. So they just go right underneath it. <laughs> right under the electrified fence. Which, actually, I, I had to watch it twice. They do, like, turn it off. There's, like, she has a little remote, and you can hear she's They're like, pew! And then they go under it, and then she, boop! When she clicks it again. Okay, so she could have done that, and then they could have climbed over it. Because she's like, no, we can't climb over it. It's electrified. Correct. But they got the dog to run through the fence. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they put a treat on the other side. So the dog yeah. goes underneath, and they're like, oh, yeah, we can do that, too. Um, but guess who can't do this? Uh, the gang members. <laughs> they can't and figure crew. that one out. Uh, because... Question mark? Uh, so this is where we get, Snake will be waiting! Because <laughs> you have to come out sometime, cop, and when you do, Snake will be waiting! And so they get into her bunker, which looks shockingly like a warehouse. Yes. <laughs> Very much like a warehouse. Just like a warehouse at the Stockton Docks, shockingly. Yeah, I wonder and why. <laughs> the best part about you have to come out sometime, and when you do, Snake will be waiting, is Snake's gang and Snaker immediately leave. Yes. <laughs> They're like, we'll be here when you get out here. I don't even For really five... want to be here many more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's. I like they're like, all right, we'll give them five minutes, and then we're out of here. Snake will be and like at like two minutes, they're like, all right, let's just leave. <laughs> yeah, they're not coming. Like there's there's the second in command. that's like, come on, Snaker, they're not coming. You know, they're not coming. <laughs> yeah. Um. So then we get Travis and he meets the Lost Boys, the free- a.k.a. the Freebies. And they're all holding weapons. They're all wielding weapons at him. Uh, so that's a warm welcome. Uh, the eldest, Cal, might be the worst actor we've ever covered on this show. <laughs> and he has plenty of lines in this movie. Like, he is a prominent figure. He's he's probably, I mean, he's easily the third good guy. I mean, there's, yeah, there's third, yeah. third good guys. I mean, he's the eighth guy credited. So, yeah, he's a he's a big guy. Big guy. T- terrible actor. Like, this is like the son or nephew of somebody. Joe, also in omega cop yeah i believe it <laughs> he plays the kid i don't know who the kid is but he plays the oh, kid oh is he the kid that like lures john travis oh, to i think gang? he is again he much better when he's not getting lines much better when he's not getting lines yeah because he looks like 17 in this and he looked like not like 10 years old in the, in the, no i picked him for like 13 or 14 oh maybe it's possible um so Rachel tells all the kids that the other woman that's been taking care of them is dead. Then she introduces them to her replacement, John Travis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cal asks if he's the one now, and Rachel says they'll talk about it after dinner. <laughs> Both, so, post-apocalyptic dating can be complicated, especially when you're uh, bringing 30 kids to the table. Yes. So is he the one now? This is the first instance of. Oh wait, no, that movie came out later. Never mind. Potential Matrix crossover is that... Ron Marquini rips off so many movies in this movie, Joe. Yes. Yeah. It is incredible. Yeah. It is incredible. And um, yes. So she calls them her family, Joe. Remember the post-credit scene I talked about? Of family. the last one. Ah, uh, yeah. I see. It's all coming into. So they're going to they're gonna come into the Fast and Furious universe soon. So uh, 
Cal doesn't take kindly to Travis calling them kids. He insists they're freedom fighters, despite not fighting anyone in the entire movie. Nope. And basically just sitting there and then getting whisked to freedom. Yeah. Cal says, we can take care of ourselves. And I say, stop ruining this for her. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to find a good man in the post-apocalyptic wasteland. Yeah, one that doesn't want to sell you to one of his friends. (laughs) Um, So uh, Travis isn't interested in playing stepdad. He has plans to go to Washington alone. North. North. In the last movie we ended, he was east of Washington. Correct. (laughs) So he's gone back to, we'll say, Oregon? Northern, Northern California? Stockton. (laughs) Stockton? Stockton. Lodi? Uh, But then he sees his car being destroyed by Snaker, the car he abandoned. So now he's on the fence about whether he's going to help or not. Um, This is where we get, Snaker gonna make everybody pay. (laughs) (laughs) But that comes at the end of what I called authentic post-apocalyptic gibberish. <laughs> just a lot of just like snake around snake and cal are like polar opposite ends of like the shitty acting spectrum like cal is super monotone like like just zipping through his lines snaker's like putting everything he has it was way too much it's like yeah. he's all the way up here yeah, Cal's like, I don't know how to say these lines, so I'm just going to get them over with as quickly as possible. I Snaker just want to off camera. <laughs> yeah. Snaker's like, oh, I know how to say these lines. Yeah, this, <laughs> is, like, this, this is, is my time to shine. Scene. <laughs> By the way, this was the last movie that this actor was ever in. Just talking. <laughs> 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 Wonder why. Um, yeah, Travis and Rachel watch the car burn for a while, then go inside. Like, there's this really long period where it's just cutting between them and the car burning, and then back to them just, like, shaking their heads, and then back to the car. Yeah, what was in, in uh, Omega Cop, long chase sequences, this movie pads by just having people just stare at things for a while. Yeah, yeah, way too long. Um, So then Rachel shows Travis her teleporter inside and explains... It can send them anywhere on the globe that has another one. The government built 20 of them. Three of them are in this area. Most of the rest were destroyed. But they believe there's a unit in the north that's still active. Jeff, one. How do they know they'll be sent to the one in the north? (laughs) (laughs) Good question. Two. We never see the third one in the area. Why do you think that is? Dude, Snaker has it. Snaker and Lincoln have it. Well, Lincoln... Okay. Oh, okay. Lincoln and then Cult and then them. Okay. Yes. Fair enough. Uh, So, three is the whole plot of this movie. I said just about going back to Montana, (laughs) which we said before. But they're going to Juneau, Alaska, Joe. Now they're going to Juneau. So, Joe, I have another question. Mm Mm-hmm. The government built 20 of these. Yes. 20 teleporters. Uh huh. They put one in Juneau, Alaska. <laughs> and three. Three in Stockton, this random Stockton, California. California. So that's one fifth. That's four of, of 20. Teleportation. Of tel- <laughs> teleportation devices. Stockton gets three. 
Yes. Why did four? Why didn't they build more? They're not. They don't look that complicated. Maybe it's the crystalline rods are the limiting factor, but it seems like that's the limited resource. But having three in one city feels really wasteful, Joe. Especially when it's stocked in California. Um, you gotta imagine they have one in like Washington, right? Maybe one in New York. Like, yeah. Know? So we've got Washington, New York. So the following cities are like splitting, uh, like sixteen of these. There's like Washington, New York, Chicago, L.A., uh, Dallas, the uh, Acapulco. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like there's how far down on the list do you before you get to Stockton? And if Stockton gets three, that means L.A.'s got to have like six. New York's got to have, like, 12. <laughs> yeah. Joe, there's, why are three in Stockton? I don't know. They don't explain it. <laughs> I don't think... And also, most better. of them are destroyed. The ones that don't get destroyed are the three in Stockton. In Stockton, yes. Places. So, Travis says, does this really work? And then Cal says, we sent a rat through. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Cal. <laughs> exactly how he says it. Um... Uh, I said, well, in that case, <laughs> yeah. um, the crystal rod has cracked after the rat teleportation. So they need Travis to steal one from the third unit, as they call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Travis will think think about it. He has to think it over. So then we cut to Shredder fighting a man to Ein Klein nach Music Serenade by Mozart. A little yes, class for you guys. Here is thunderdome so remember thunderdome guys it's in this movie yes there's thunderdome <laughs> yes um and moynihan is the leader of this thunderdome so moynihan joe, joe this is not bobby moynihan this is guy fieri <laughs> oh this is guy fieri. okay <laughs> well i call him moynihan because he's the same actor <laughs> yes so. but he looks like guy fieri in this does so look like guy fieri um, so he has learned his lessons from his time as a henchman in the last film. He berates Snaker for losing the girl, yes. just as it was done to him. Yes, the the chain of screaming. Joe, I know where this movie takes place. Where? So Juno has a teleporter. Uh-huh. Flavor Flavor Town gets three. <laughs> Flavor Town. Because <laughs> that's Guy Fieri's thing. He's gonna take oh, okay. Flavor Town. Yeah. Well, there's something called Train Town in here. That gets mentioned once. Jackass Junction. Yeah. Um, So Snaker has a new cat face makeup thing going on. He's got cat face now. And uh, Moynihan's woman ridicules Snaker as an average man, which I don't know. (laughs) He's so far from average, it's not even funny. Um, It's somehow Curiosity and... um... And uh, Marquini, every movie they do, their depiction of women gets worse and dumber every single time. Remember, Paul Kay's not involved in this. That's right. Curiosity. This isn't on Curiosity. This one's on Marquini. But it's like this. This is where we really get to see what is Marquini and what is Curiosity. Because yes. any slacking in this film is Curiosity. Anything still present is Marquini. So the weird treatment of women is Marquini. Marquini, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Shredder gets thumbs down, which apparently means breaking a man's back. Yes. Uh, then Moynihan wants a crystal rod. Uh, he wants the crystal rod, and Rachel is the only one who knows where that is. So he also wants Travis dead. 
and he wants a freebie to teach them a lesson, quote unquote. Then Shredder fights another man, and he gets another thumbs down, and this time it means breaking a man's arm. <laughs> yeah. So that's, I that's, I guess thumbs down can be amazing. pretty yeah thumbs down can mean pretty much anything in this universe except what it usually means, which is death. <laughs> which is death. Yeah. Well, Shredder's fighting style. By the way, we call this guy Shredder because he's probably what six and a half feet tall. About. Sh- shirtless wearing like football pads and a helmet and that's it without a shirt underneath football pads helmet just like shredder it's like an asian style helmet yeah so that's why we call him shredder also the first time we see him fight in this fight he just takes his fist and just conks a guy on the head and the guy just goes down yeah just (laughs) fist on the top of the head like little bunny foo-foo style just bopping him on the head head. joe Uh, joe let's tease the people Okay. Shredder has the best reveal of the entire movie. This movie has one of the best reveals of all time. Yes. <laughs> Hands down, like, undisputed, one of the best reveals ever. Top, that top ten greatest reveals of all time. And I didn't, you you saw this ahead of me, and you were like, Jeff, I need you to watch this. <laughs> I can't contain myself. Yeah, this yeah. was like the night before we were going to do the pod, and I was like, Jeff, you just need to, you need to watch it. I was just yeah. like, you need to, I get it, it's boring. For like an hour and 15 minutes, but like you need to make it to an hour and 15. Yeah, this this movie, I texted you, I was 23 minutes in, I had paused it three times to go do something else. To like come up with things to do. Yes, I, I think, so I went downstairs, and I like loaded some like bubble water into the fridge that we had in the garage, and I... Um, that was tough, I need to take a nap. <laughs> yeah. It's like, let me play with the dog for a little bit. Yeah, you're like, hey, Frankie, I haven't spent a lot of time with you lately. <laughs> you want to do something? Frankie's like, no. <laughs> no, you watch your stupid action movie. <laughs> you can't use me to get out of this. <laughs> um, so, yeah, then we go to the compound, back to Rachel's compound. And Rachel gifts a motorcycle to Travis for helping. Mm-hmm. And then Cal says, Rachel, it's Lincoln and his goons. And then Rachel... <laughs> gives the same reaction as she would give if like an ex-boyfriend just texts her you know like like, this again (laughs) what good and then link but lincoln's got tests oh no yeah how did this happen tests not tests it's like there's a big scene missing right he's like he's like give me these children that are under lock and key under Rachel and Paul or uh, Ron Marquini's uh, watchful eye. And it's like, how do we do that? It's like scene missing. Okay. Now they have her. Right. And also like, I imagine somewhere in there's an establishing scene of like getting to know Tess. So we yeah, get a shit. Tess. <laughs> uh, Travis says, or Tra- Travis, Travis says, who are they? Um, and then Rachel says, they're so-called unification soldiers. They're led by Lincoln. He's the one I told you about. He's trying to take over everything. And then Cal says, but we're not going to let him do it to us. Okay. okay. <laughs> then, Rachel, then Rachel says, he uses his scabs to terrorize train town. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> Is that what the closed captioning said was train town? Uh, I didn't put the closed captioning on, but I heard it clearly as train town. <laughs> I, th- I thought it was trade town, but I'm going to oh, go with train town. it could be trade town. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm going to go with Train Town. Name. Um, so then Cal says, we're not afraid. And then Rachel says, his scabs need the drugs. They'll do as they're told. Okay. Joe, I, it just hit me. Trade Town, okay? Uh-huh. What's a type of trading? 
uh, b- bottles for cans of beans. <laughs> Bartering. Where is Thunderdome, Joe? Uh... <laughs> it's in Bartertown. Oh, it is? Yeah. I didn't know it was called Bartertown. Interesting. Yeah, there's the whole who runs Bartertown thing. Oh, I missed that. Okay, so this is Trade Town. So Interesting. This is, this is just Mad Max. So this is also why like Marchinian economics is so prevalent in the first film. It's really to establish why these are called trade town, barter town. Like it's a big part of this post-apocalyptic world. So is, so what I want to know, we've got, is this a Mac, is this part of the Mad Max universe? Cause we got trade town, which is barter town. We got Thunderdome as the form of entertainment. Could be. I think, I think this is part of the Mad Max universe, Joe. Very well could be. I wish I had uh, noticed that and put more of that in my notes. Uh, So Rachel begs Travis to do something, but he really just wants to watch this girl die. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, let her go. We've got to do something. We've got to do something. Let her go. We've got to do something. He's just standing there watching like like like, pulling up a bag of popcorn. (laughs) Hold on. I want to see how this plays out. Um, So Moynihan sends a message, gives Shredder the thumbs down. And curveball, he breaks Tess's neck. And so okay. finally does something that it's supposed to mean. That it means. Yeah. So, okay, now Travis will help. <laughs> um, Cal and Mick back inside are getting along. Uh, Mick maybe, gets so much screen time. I love it. <laughs> maybe Cal can pick his brain for some acting tips. <laughs> That'd be great if they're, like, running and they're like, Cal always disappears when there's action because <laughs> right. they can't get Cal to take stage directions. Where's Cal? Oh, yeah, he always takes off when the action comes <laughs> in. Um, <laughs> so Travis removes his hat before the ride. Very important. Of course. Very important. Um, I said, I'm not sure why. He can just steal one from someone else if he loses it. One just like it. Or so, one just like it. So as she's as he's going to leave, um, Rachel says to him, I don't think you're that kind of man. No, no, no. I have I have that right here. Okay, yeah. So Travis says, what makes you think I won't just turn north and keep going? Rachel says, because I don't think you're that kind of man. And besides, Cal will keep me company until you get back. I think she means Mick, (laughs) but it's an honest mistake. (laughs) Like It really is an honest mistake. Joe, I was I asked, is this a Mary Kay Letourneau situation? Rest in peace, Mary Kay Letourneau. Oh, God. Is that like a teacher that raped a kid? Yes. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what it is. <laughs> she was like the teacher in the 90s. Yeah. She's dead? She died like last week. Oh, my God. She was like youngish when that all went down in the yeah, 90s. Yeah, she was in her mid-50s. Rest in peace, Mary Kay Letourneau. Rest in peace, you Mary. You were a criminal. <laughs> but the sexiest of them <laughs> <laughs> but no i was like she's like but cal will keep me company until you come home. cal's like 16 yeah <laughs> it's no, really... I, I think she meant mick because i like the way i yeah. heard it initially like the first time i watched it was as mick because like i thought she was using him as like collateral it's like oh you wouldn't leave your dog behind yeah that makes sense okay that makes more sense and oh, so we make it makes more sense that she blew a line so blatantly and they kept it in the movie. That's yeah, the more possible. 
was going to say, maybe we talked about this is the dividing line between what's Curiosity and what's Marquini. I think it's uh, old one-take Marquini, not Curiosity. <laughs> one-take. <laughs> However it comes out, it comes out, all right? If you say the wrong character's name, guess what? We're going to rewrite the script. Still mid. Yeah. You, you're, uh, a, you're a pedophile now. Sorry. Yeah. You, you should have said your line right if you didn't want to be one. Sorry. <laughs> there was this whole weird blackface stuff that happened in the last movie. They told us to take it out, but not the, not our style. Yes. Um. So Rachel gives Travis a big hunk for the road. Gross. Uh, <laughs> Give him what he is, Joe. A big hunk. And I'm uh, sick big... of product placement in these blockbuster films. <laughs> it's clear this whole movie is just an advertisement for the Big Hunk candy bar. Yeah, you think Big Hunk shelled out a, a small fortune to get this, uh, this, Big Hunk? This? They're in the pocket of Big Big Hunk. Big Big Hunk. <laughs> Which, could you have picked a more random candy bar? Dude, it's gross. <laughs> have you ever seen a Big Hunk? Have you ever had a Big Hunk? No, I had to look it up. Peanuts covered in chewy, honey sweetened nougat. It sounds like a terrible baby roof. It's sick, dude. It's like it's like an Abba Zabba with like peanuts in it. This so, makes sense, Joe. It's like years post-apocalypse. All the good candy's gone. All they have left is like big hunks, Necco wafers. Yeah. Uh, uh those uh candy necklaces. Yeah, the the like with the yeah <laughs> the Smarties on them. Yeah. So, yeah, Rachel says, not many of these left. And I said, stop trying to upsell nougat and peanuts. It's not a good sign when a commune of kids won't even touch it. <laughs> That's true. That's all you need to know about how disgusting big hunks are. Yeah. Um, so Travis rides past some dead bodies and Snaker and the 1991 UOP football team step, uh, step in to stop him. Uh Travis evades Catface Snaker and the gang, okay? But he does it doing their one weakness. They have all these guns pointed at him, and he pops a wheelie, and they're like, ah, and they all jump out of the way. Yes. Um, is this where he goes off the ramp, too? Yes, like the ramp, goes which is a car ramp. hood. Yeah. Uh, so then we're back at the compound. Rachel is tinkering, and Cal is staring at, at the rod, the broken rod, and chewing his fingernail. Cal is worried about Travis, who's rocking back and forth. And he's also rocking back and forth. I said, maybe I've got this all wrong. Maybe Cal's autistic and this kid is nailing this role. <laughs> oh, maybe. It's a it's a uh, uh, I am Sam situation. Sam situation, exactly. Um, so then Cal says, you think he'll make it? And Rachel says, if anyone can make it, it's John Travis. <laughs> Who you just... Met. Did you, did you see the look she gives after she delivers that line? She's like, "If anyone can make it, it's John Travis." And she kind of like looks confused. <laughs> like, <laughs> she's like, "That's his name, right? I think that's his name." Well, or or almost like she hadn't seen the line until she was saying it, and then she's like, "Wait, what? <laughs> Why would my character say that? <laughs> Why would I? Yeah, she just met this guy. So far, she this is what she knows about John Travis. She he beat up a bunch of guys for some reason. He, when she was knocked out, he stripped her naked. Yeah. He watched a child die, which is yeah. Tess. Yeah, he feeds his dog cans. <laughs> he feeds his dog cans. And he took off with her motorcycle. That's the sum of her knowledge of John Travis. Because he's not built. Yeah, he's not around. He doesn't know. Like, everybody's surprised to see who he is. 
Yeah. Because Snaker's like, what are you, a cop? Like, he doesn't know who John Travis is. John Travis doesn't know who Snaker and Guy Fieri are. So he's clearly just, like, passing through. And she's like, if anybody can do it, it's this guy I met 20 minutes ago. Right, with no history. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. So then we get some some shots of, of a snake. A full 30 seconds just on a random snake with, like, like a hazy... Oh, a constructor. Yeah, a hazy pink and black background just... Yeah, and we're like, what's going on here? And then we see Travis riding, cuts back to him riding the bike, and then it cuts back to Moynihan. <laughs> it's like his profile, and he's like laughing maniacally. He's like, ha, 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 ha. And then you see his girl in the background with like the snake, <laughs> like dancing with the snake. I said, when did this turn into a 90s R&B video? <laughs> well, Joe, what did the director used to make, you said? Softcore porn. <laughs> he was like... He's he's like, I'll do the whole movie for you, but this scene is for me. This is for me. And also <laughs> Rachel has to be nude one scene. <laughs> um, so Travis gets Molotov cocktails thrown at him and they explode like grenades for some yes. reason. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah, they they shoot up in the air. It's like the at the end of uh, Hobbs and Shaw, where the things are just shooting yeah, straight the up in the air. That's why I thought yeah, they were like they're... a minefield. Yeah, but no, they're throwing Molotov cocktails. This is how they explode instead of how they actually explode. Which is just spreading fire. <laughs> yeah, just a ball of fire. These are shooting up into the air. Right. Um, so Travis pulls up on a sign that says, Welcome to Hell, which is just the actual sign that greets you when you drive into Stockton. <laughs> but not the good part of Stockton. Right. Um, so Travis arrives at a building and then removes his helmet and then throws the hat back on. Very important. We've got a grappling hook alert, Jeff. I know. I wrote that down, too. Oh, Trap- also, sorry. Yeah. Hold on. Before that, it, it says, welcome to hell. Refugee camp. Stop street a map. Smash cut. Normal building. Yes. Normal, normal building. Normal building. We did it again, Joe. We drove out of series or um you know oakdale or one of these small central valley cities just back into a regular city correct and then Um, grappling hooks we get our grappling hook so travis is no hobbs he needs two tries to land the grappling hook in a window yes and this is where he starts to grumble he's like simple she said and i'm like this is a fast and furious movie because how do they hype how do they hype the job in the first one Simple simple job easy money Simple oh, that, job. That's in five. That's fast five. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, simple job. Easy money. Um. Yeah. Not so easy. And the, he doesn't let this go for the whole movie. He's always just like simple job. She said. Yeah. He said. Joe is Cal, young Vince. Discuss. Could be. Definitely could be. Could be Paul Walker with the way he delivers his lines. <laughs> um. So Travis descends down a dark stairwell and then comes across a cult worshiping the teleporter. Okay. I hated this cinematography so much, Joe. He goes downstairs, pitch black. Yeah. Then he turns on his flashlight. Then it's like dusk. And then it's still black until the camera angle changes again. And as I said, what is happening? Am I dying? (laughs) And then we hear this like, two of them throat singers. Yeah. Worshipping crystal. 
Yeah, the the teleporter and crystal because they have a teleporting device too and they have like candles all around it so the cult leader is just rambling in this scene but it's still more intelligible than the first five minutes of dialogue in this movie (laughs) i put that he's speaking klingon like a true nerd yeah yeah very much so and he's growling and joe yeah temple of doom yeah first (laughs) ripoff well first indiana jones ripoff (laughs) first first indiana jones ripoff in the first in the next five minutes there are yes. two in the following five minutes of this movie yes uh so travis pulls in uh, this is where he says travis pulls an indiana jones um and he must replace the rod with a metal pipe so, so as not slide to slide it in yeah yeah slide it in he has to undo the clamps he has to slide it in now because i guess the clamps are like pressurized mm-hmm. yeah. um a lot of technology for like post-apocalyptic world here. Yeah, uh, and this is, and he clearly he's doing the opening of Raiders of the Lost Ark correct. with the golden statue, and I love that he's like, "How am I going to take care of these guys?" And they just wander away. Yeah, <laughs> like Ron Marquini is like, "Oh man, how am I going to take down these guys?" And they're just like, "Well, let's just all go into the other room and leave this crystal that we were worshiping unattended." I'm sure everything. Yeah, our most fine. valued possession. Yes, <laughs> that we literally worship. Right. But then he not everyone's gone because he gets attacked by a cult member. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I said, did we just get a decent jump scare in this shit movie? Incredible. Because it <laughs> actually made me like, oh, my God, like it's okay. so slow. It really built. I was like, wow. Go back and watch that scene. It's actually not bad. All right. Um, uh, so then the alarm goes off. Travis beats up the cult guy and the self-destruct is engaged. Mm hmm. Travis attempts to enter the password, wastes 30 seconds trying to guess the password, then gives up and bails. <laughs> I don't yeah. know why he thought he was going to get a password. Like he was like zero, 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 zero. Damn. Zero, 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 adios you ugly son of a bitch and we get a close-up of the man's face he's not mutated no he's <laughs> just, just a guy, guy. <laughs> like, that's kind of rude <laughs> yeah um so and, and this is what another time where um ron marquini did some punch-up on his lines i think where she says immediately immediate evacuation is strongly suggested which is on a readout and is what the woman is saying over the speaker and then he goes you're telling me Right. <laughs> I think Marquini really was like going for it in this one. He's like, I want to set the Guinness Book of World Records for most one-liners in an action movie. Let's make Joe, it. Joe, Joe, you know what I think you probably watched before doing this movie? What? Die Hard. Oh, I was gonna say Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> that's real John McClane vibes from that. Oh, so that's right. Yeah. So um, that's the. Fourth movie he's ripped off so far. Yes. Let's just keep a running tab. There's more to come, by the There's way. There's more, yeah. Uh, so Travis isn't going to beat the detonation, but thankfully nothing works anymore. Thank God. Uh, oh, this, this countdown had the lo- the shortest 10 seconds in history. Yeah. It, it just goes, you now have, have only 20 seconds. You now have 10 seconds. <laughs> like, <laughs> Immediately. Yeah. <laughs> He's, like, already halfway up the stairwell at 20, and then, like, it's 10, and he's still halfway up the stairwell. Yeah, he does, takes, like, two steps in 10 seconds. Uh, so Travis's bike is missing. Mm-hmm. He makes it outside of the building. 
Um, oh, and just in case you guys didn't get that, the nothing works anymore means the detonation didn't happen. Like, yeah. it's all it's all old and crappy now. Um, so Travis stops off at the Jackass Junction, which is basically just Ned's bar from Death Machines with a crazier stripper. Yeah, I've put, Joe, is it a nice bar? No. <laughs> <laughs> this is why, this scene is why I told you to not look at the, the how the, actors are credited because david carradine is dad yes and i was like oh my god do we get john John travis senior yes that's why i was like you can't look joe but no his name's just dad if only (laughs) no he's just the dad of this crazy vagrant gang um so uh we don't we don't know that yet so david carradine uh owns the place and he sells travis a five pound pot of rabbit stew then sticks his finger in it and licks it. So this is, I'm not kidding, like a big pot. Like when you make a pot for like six people it's, or like eight it's, people. It's like four quarts. It's a it's a, it's a a big pot. It's humongous. <laughs> he just like orders it as like a dinner. Yeah, it's a Jackie Rabbit. Joe, did you catch what was going on here? Uh, Well, I saw him stick his finger in it and lick, like Carradine puts his finger in John Travis's food and then licks it. Well, he's like, what's in this? And he's like, Jackie Rabbit stew. What's in this? Jackie Rabbit stew. Smells interesting. I told you it's the best food around. Joe. They're cannibals, dude. Oh, it's you think this is people? Yeah, they're cannibals. And that's why they go to kill John Travis to eat him. Oh, they're going to eat him. Yeah. And Joe, the song on the radio that the lady is dancing to on the jukebox, the the giggling wildly insane woman insane (laughs) you never said you would be lonely i never said that i'd be true but lately i've been feeling i'm getting hungry for you oh wow okay so they're definitely cannibals yes wow yeah because he gives him a gallon of stew and keeps calling it jackie rabbit not jack rabbit but jackie rabbit so i think it's him that's probably all the unedible meats, like, like yeah. the spare, like the toe meat. <laughs> <laughs> he calls it the best food around, though, the toe meat. Right. Um, so Carradine might be as drunk as Adam West was in the first film, but even a drunk David Carradine is far and away the best actor in this shit movie. Like, this scene almost feels like it was done professionally. Like, yeah. I don't know how David Carradine made it seem like we were in a real movie for a, a minute. Yeah, it did feel like we're yeah, he added a sense of foreboding to this scene where yes. you don't feel anything in the rest of this movie. And in this scene, you're like discomforted by uh, David Carradine. Yeah. And then like the reveal when like I even the reveal where he points the gun at John Travis from off screen, I thought yeah. was really interesting. Like Travis whips around to like do some business, like beat up some people. And then you see Carradine like a gun and a hand come from off screen i was like boy it's like tarantino almost shot this this is really impressive i wonder if the director was like why don't we do this and david carradine's like why don't we do this and because david yeah. carradine has made movies before movies. <laughs> yeah you know what They're... worked in these movies that actually made money yeah so i guess <laughs> i guess that counts as ripping off movies because david carradine was like well why don't we do this in a real way right yeah so we found out david carradine's name is dad and so dad holds a gun to Travis's head. Uh, dad says, what was it we was talking about? 
And then Travis says, the price. And then Dad says, oh, yeah, I figure um, keys to that motorcycle I got parked out back. And that bag there. And the camera cuts to the stripper. And Travis says, you can have her. She's not my type. I said, that was a pretty good line. <laughs> yeah, that's not, not bad. bad. Yeah. Um, so then the dad looks away for a second. And Travis knocks the gun away. Keep in mind, Travis has his back turned to him. So I don't know how he knew he turned his head, but he does. It's Karate Cop, man. <laughs> Weird, like, psychic powers. Um, I, he might have his hat on here. I'm not sure. Um, Travis then shoots the dad with the shotgun, takes out everyone else, and then rejects the stripper on the way out. Yep. And Joe, do you know what song is that... As he's leaving, my stomach is growling and I'm getting real hungry for you. Oh, interesting. And the lady is a psycho because what does she say to him? Hey, uh, fella, you want to dance? Right. And he says, my feet are tired. My feet are killing me. And she says, and everybody else. Right. You know how there is a love story in the middle of Death Machines? Yeah. There is like a competent movie being made just here. In, in this, this scene. Part- in this part of, of Karate Cop, there is a competent quality, not quality, but a competently put together movie in this scene. Yes. And it has to be carried because then it goes immediately to shit right goes after off the rails right away. Right away. It's it's the same shit movie. So then we cut to when, when things are about to go off the rails. Who do you cue? Snaker. You cue Snaker, baby. <laughs> Snaker spots Travis on some binoculars and he sets up a wire trap, right? Ties him to two pendulum or not pendulums. Uh, uh, what do you call those? He, those big, you know what I'm talking about? Oh my God. It's, what's the it's word? anchored. On, it's anchored on both sides. We'll just say that. It's a anchored wire on trap. both sides. Yeah. Um, so, uh, oh yeah. It's daytime now, by the way, it's just yeah. nighttime. <laughs> It's daytime now. It's complete daytime. Travis gets knocked off the bike. Um, and then he's swarmed by gang members. Then the snaker lets out a joker laugh. <laughs> yeah, I put snaker laughs maniacally. Um, so then Travis shoots everyone. Um, for And I said, for a movie called Karate Cop, there's sure a lot of shooting going on. Not a lot of karate. Not a lot of karate. Snaker blows up the bike with his revolver. And then Travis escapes on foot. Of course. You can't. Uh, let's not gloss over. He shoots the motorcycle and it explodes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Is this where it takes like five shots to get something that hits something that's like 10 feet away? Well, so he like starts shooting Mrs. Travis. Like he shoots like four shots and then he goes oh, and he like really gets in the mode and then he aims and then yes. he shoots. And the the bike blows up. He's like, oh, aim the gun. All right. Okay. okay, okay, I see what you're doing. Yeah, so Travis then escapes on foot, gets away from the explosion, and he hides in what looks like a cornfield, but there's no corn. It's Yeah, I put, uh, we watched uh, Lost World, Jurassic Park Lost World, a couple of weeks ago. And yeah. there's a part where they scream, don't go into the long grass. I said tall grass. There. Yeah, there's raptors in there. Joe, I think there's raptors in there. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, well, they don't show up because he just avoids Snaker and his gang. Snaker gets frustrated, shoots one of his own men. Yeah, and then, shooting oh. wildly into the grass. 
That's how you do it, Naker. And then he gets frustrated that it wasn't John Travis. <laughs> like he gets angry at his like the alive people in his crew. Um. So then Travis returns to the compound, only to find Rachel's been captured and Cal and Cal still can't act. Joe, um, this part was amazing because they were like, well. Let's see. The budget's running low. We could either show Rachel getting kidnapped and have this action scene that we'll have to film, pay people for, do all that stuff. Or we can have this climactic story changing scene just be told by the autistic teenager. John Travis comes back. (laughs) The least talented actor on the crew. And so here this is how, you know, there's something wrong with him because this like he there's no periods here. So I'm just going to try to say it the way he says it. This is Cal's line. Lincoln's men got her when she stepped outside. She thought it was you. I told her to be careful. (laughs) Great job, Cal. This would have been better delivered if, like, there was, like, if they had Mick deliver a note from Lincoln. (laughs) That would have been a better way of delivering this information. And have Mick try to read it himself. Like, a confused (laughs) dog trying to make up people words. Not having a child who can't act to just blow past this climactic scene with one sentence that's four sentences. So Travis manages to top this stupid because he says one of the dumbest movie lines I think I've ever heard in my life. Like, I know what he's trying to say, but it comes out really stupid. He says, I knew things were going too well to be easy. Yeah. (laughs) He almost got eaten by cannibals. He almost got blown up by the Kalima cult. Things were going too easy. Yeah, but, like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, I know what it means, but, like, things repeat, were going re- Hold on. Repeat. Well. Things were going too well to okay, be... He says, I knew things were going too well to be easy. Things were going too well to be easy. So they were going easy. <laughs> like, I know what he's trying to say. Like, he's trying to say things wouldn't last. Things were going too good to be true. That's what he should have said, but he says easy. <laughs> Joe, anyway. that's... One take, one take, Martini. <laughs> yeah, this seems something. Um, so Travis gives Cal the crystal rod to calm him, but he he still wants to go with him. Cal- <laughs> here, kid, here, kid, look at this. <laughs> yeah, he like gives it to him so he can like touch it, you know. <laughs> and uh, but he still wants to go with him. Cal wants to go, and Travis says, "No way, Cal." Then <laughs> he checks with the director, and director says. <laughs> And director's like, nah. Uh-uh. Like this, this kid is worse trained than Mick. Right. <laughs> um. So then we cut back to, uh, I think this is, yeah. Okay. We cut back to Moynihan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guy Fieri. And, yeah, Guy Fieri. And and Moynihan is patting down Rachel and resisting the urge to lick her somehow. Um. As he did in the first film. So many choices being made, Joe. So many choices. <laughs> So Shredder approaches her and says, you will be mine. He grabs her face. He says, you will be mine. Um, quite, quite a choice by the actor there. And I use the term <laughs> actor loosely, but that voice is a decision. It's interesting. Yes. Um, so then the 1991 UOP football team is guarding Moynihan's compound. And Travis distracts one of them by throwing a rock in one direction and then running up the stairs behind him on the other side to take him out. I mean, you know, just amazing decisions being made. Just amazing. 
Um, yeah, I, and like at this point, like I, I really can't believe what I'm watching here. It's just crazy. Yeah, and I wanted to know how many like did they get a surplus lacrosse helmet thing? Because everybody has these helmets. Everybody. They're not quite football helmets. They're I think they're lacrosse helmets. Could I didn't know that lacrosse helmets had those bars. I and think I, so. I thought they were closer to like the leather helmets. No, uh, no, they do have the bars. Okay, so it could be yeah. lacrosse helmets. Um, so most of the guards are watching two men engaged in Mortal Kombat, and Travis disguises himself with one of the helmets. Yeah, he 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 puts on the world's most amazing disguise, a helmet. It's a huge helmet too. It's not one of the small ones. It's like a bulky helmet. Yeah, and we we joke about this helmet. But we know that this helmet, these helmets can obscure something very important for the yes. whole movie. Yeah, that's, we an, think... that's another tease. Yes. <laughs> yeah, at this point, we're very confused. It's like, why the helmets? What the key? I'm telling you, this movie is not what it is without the helmets. Yes. Um. So Moynihan's woman and, you know, just so we don't get canceled here, it says like, Lincoln's woman. That's her title. Yeah. Dana Bentley is credited as Lincoln's woman. This woman has no, it's like her, his like his slave person. Right. But she gets some lines. She seems to have a little bit of sway. Um, so she taunts Rachel and keeps her on a leash. And I said, so we're up to three George Lucas movies ripped off. Yep. I put uh, Rachel is slave Leia, but in a dress. Yes. A gold sequence dress. Yep. Um, so a man in football pads wins his match and awaits his prize. This is the one you said looked like a svelte Stan Van Gundy. Yep, this is skinny Stan Van, and you can't convince me otherwise. Well, I kind of, I kind of thought it looked like um, Kevin Nealon with a porn mustache if you threw him in the gym for a year. All right, I could see that too. <laughs> um, so Moynihan summons Shredder to fight him before he can claim his prize. And, and the prize does, is Rachel. And he does what's almost a Nazi salute. <laughs> Wait, who does this? Shredder does? No, uh, Guy Fieri, Lincoln. Oh, he does he goes like salute. He, he, he crosses his arm like he's uh-huh. about to do a Sig Heil. But then he like stops and goes at like a three quarters like black power fist. Okay. But it's a straight on shot. So I was like, did he just Sig Heil? <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. That's kind of... um. You know, that's like a microcosm for what's been going on in these last two movies. It's like trying to be progressive or covering like there's racism, seething racism underneath the surface. And yet it's trying to put on the the image of being progressive, like the icing of progressiveness. Yeah, it's supposed to be the like this just generic like hit your chest fist up thing that they do in a lot of post-apocalyptic movies. But Lincoln goes real like he straightened his, straight arm. <laughs> straightened his arm a little too much. Right. A little too much. And I, I had to rewind it. I was like, okay, okay, he didn't do a Sig Heil, but it's very close. Yeah, close call. Yeah. Um, so we can continue watching. <laughs> um, so Moynihan's woman then says, ooh, I wonder if the rest of him is as big and ugly. So uh, and, and then she laughs. Got a big, ugly wiener? ugly wiener i said well that's just rude he's standing right there (laughs) (laughs) they do a lot of shaming in this movie of people that are standing just right there yeah a lot of body shaming um so moynihan decides to up the ante on this fight he electrifies the fence Mm -hmm. um 
Both? And they actually show it. It's not like with the with the oh no, this fence is electrified. Let me turn it off. Pew! Right. They actually like show the fence getting electrified, which I when he said electrify the fence, I was like, are they just gonna like press a button? It goes like boop. It's yeah. It's, it's electrified, but no, they actually show it, which was nice. They show like the yeah. The sparks. Um. Right. So this is both... by the way, this is this is the the bar that this movie has to cross. That I'm like, that was good. They showed right. sparks. They actually were like, oh, okay, there was actually electricity there. Got it. Okay. They, they cared enough to try. Yeah. It wasn't um, just in the characters' heads. Right. So both Moynihan and his woman repeat their inconsequential lines from earlier. Moynihan's woman says, what did I say about the best was yet to come? And then Moynihan says, I told you the fun was just beginning. I told you. This is all, yeah, the champion of Flavortown. Shredder's going to fight. So Shredder beats up on the football pad. He says, I said, Shredder beats up on football pads a bit, Mm -hmm. then gets the thumbs down from Moynihan. Will he, A, perform a back break, (laughs) B, perform an arm break, C, perform a neck break, or D, none of the above? (laughs) Well, I know the answer, Joe. Let's give the people at home a moment to think. All right, time's up. Joe, what is the answer? Uh, he performs the neck break. Oh, okay. So it's a, it's so thumbs down. Maybe it's increasing. He's like first break their back, then break their arm, then break their neck. Right, right, right. I wouldn't blame anybody for guessing none of the above. <laughs> Let's yeah. just put it that way. Uh, so the guard or a guard walks in on Travis who takes him out with one kick that carries the sound effect of five kicks. <laughs> uh, so, and it's not even the weirdest kick in the next five minutes in this movie. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Travis swings in on a rope and kicks Shredder into the electric fence. Tarzan and then, style. Yes. And then holds Moynihan hostage. That's six Tarzan that's style. Six. Yeah. We didn't even count Shredder, so that's seven. Right. That is uh, seven ripoffs in this movie so far. Let's see if we can make it to ten. Yeah. Uh, so he holds Moynihan hostage, and then Moynihan's woman sa- tries to save him by biting Moynihan's neck. <laughs> that was <laughs> wild. Uh, oh, wait, and we and missed... And also getting uh, shot to death. What took you so long? Traffic. Okay. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude, he watched Die Hard and was like, I could be John McClane. Right. I'm going to be John McClane in Karate Cop. Yes. Um, he's like, I'm going to be the next John McClane. Uh, so Travis and Rachel escape. Travis delivers some nut shots along the way. Lots of nut shots. Snaker pursues. Okay. Then Travis and Rachel escape up a hatch mm-hmm. and the guards catch them. But they let them climb the ladder without shooting. <laughs> yeah, and Snaker shows up and is like, Snaker are coming, cop, and then just lags behind. Yeah, the whole time. He's way behind. Time. He really likes to work, like we established, the chest, the arms. He's buff from fingertip to shoulder, across, back down. Okay. Yeah. Cardio no. cardio is lacking. Correct. No core work. He's going to lug that big fucking belly around. Dude, you can't just do chest work and call it a day. You can't do chest tries buys and call Which it a day. 
Which is interesting because I thought Raccoon Face was pretty well built. So this guy really let him go in a year. I guess. Oh, I'm wondering if he was that well. I was going to Google Raccoon Face. That's not going to come up with anything helpful. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to get you flagged. (laughs) I wonder if he wasn't that built, if we were giving him a lot of credit for Buff Cop. We didn't talk about Buff Cop and Omega Cop, but he was kind of. The guy who who says stomping on roaches, who throws oh, the. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't yeah. talk about Buff Cop, but I'm wondering if you're giving Raccoon Face credit for Buff Cop's buffness because he's not that buff. Yeah. Or maybe I'm just mixing up Raccoon Face and Half Blackface. Maybe. Um. So, Travis decides not to close the hatch door. All right. Uh, of for some not. reason. Of course not. And, that would be too easy. Uh, I said, how big is this fucking roof? Snaker and guards can't seem to track down Travis, even with people shooting at him from below. Yes. So the people that are following him can't find him, but random passersby know exactly where he is. Yeah, they're like looking under air vents and stuff. And I'm like, how did they not just see him? Like, it's crazy. Joe, Joe, they're pretty stupid. Um, So Travis has Rachel jump rooftops and he gets shot when he tries. Hangs from the rooftop edge. No more shots are fired. Travis and Rachel escape. So he's hanging from the roof and they're down there. They just shot him in the leg, but they decide not to shoot. They're going to be sporting about it. They're like, we nicked him. Let's let him uh, go Let's do a weird scene. The blood trail. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, oh, wait a second. Sorry. I missed another um, uh, ripoff. Uh-huh. Because uh, – she says, I'd rather make out with a mutant hog. Rachel says that. Yeah. And he says that can be arranged. That is in Star Wars. She says, I, I think it's I'd rather make out with a Wookiee. And uh, Han says that can be arranged. Oh, my God. Are you shitting me? That's eight. That is a clear ripoff. Yeah. That's oh. eight. All right. We're getting ever closer to ten. Let's see if we can get there. Um, com- We're back at the compound. Okay. Travis heats up an X-Acto knife and yes. cuts an X on his wound. Which, by the way, he does this. He puts his whole hand in the flame holding these things, <laughs> right. these tools. He just sticks his whole hand in the flame to do it. That's because this is one of the most badass scenes of all time. Because after he cuts this X in his wound, he heats up pliers and then digs into his bullet wound. Yeah. <laughs> pulls out the bullet. Then, Jeff, he uses fucking gunpowder to cauterize his own wound fucking gunpowder totally unnecessary but also totally badass very cool well let's see gunpowder cauterizes wound is from rambo i okay i thought this whole scene was from rambo so it is he uses gunpowder in rambo that's nine i always thought that the cauterization, whenever I see a cauterization scene, it's where they heat up some metal thing, like a knife or pliers, and just press it and apply it to the wood. Yeah. So I was like, why didn't he just do that? Why did he, why did he use the gunpowder? That's crazy. Yep, Rambo 3, which came out in 1988. So that is... This is nine. really Ron Marquini's love letter to 80s action movies. Yes, it is. Uh, yeah, this could just be parody, and we could be the assholes here. Yeah. So, Rachel... Ron Marquini's like, I put all the great humor lines in there. Right, how did all you not great know singers. this joke? Um, so, Rachel then creeps on Travis while he's sleeping. Yeah, really creepy. Okay, 
next morning, we have signed Jeff. If we don't get one more reference in the next 30 minutes, we don't deserve to do this podcast anymore because there's a lot that goes on here. So, so many. Next morning, uh, we get scientist Rachel who's preparing the crystal rod. And you know she's a scientist because she has a white lab coat and glasses. Yep. She was she was a damsel in distress before, but now she's all business. All this is her profession, Jeff. Yes. Uh so Moynihan, um I was gonna say she didn't go to U, uh Stockton Community College for two years <laughs> to get disrespected. So anyway, uh Moynihan and the gang are coming. And Travis says, How long before you're ready? Rachel says, About thirty minutes. Keep in mind she's literally just turning clamps. <laughs> yeah. Turn, I, I assume there's some sort of calibration and like something i assume she has to calibrate that's my my thought because yeah she's just clamping this in and it's like we're done like turn them in and out and like unclamping and clamping and then uh so travis says you've got about 10 if we're lucky um so then he gets them to gather all the freebies in the room and rachel wastes some time pinching her finger in the wrench somehow somehow (laughs) ladies and tools am i right Am I right? Jeff, you've wrenched something before, yes? I have never put my finger in... I got it caught between the wrench and the, the nut that I was and the, hurting. I've, I've literally never injured myself with a <laughs> wrench. <laughs> it's the, one of the easiest things to use. Um, Joe, anyway. we, missed, we missed the reference 10. It's the biggest and blatant, most blatant one. We didn't count it. Okay. Star Trek teleporter pad. There you go. 10. Put it, put it, 10. We hit the 10 mark. There it is. Wow. Uh, this is officially a parody. Yeah. Uh, so Moynihan knocks down the electric fence. I said that was easy. <laughs> yeah, they just drove through it with the Jeep that they had before. That They were like, let us in, let us in, or else we'll, we'll kill Tess. And they had this Jeep before. They could have just driven through it. <laughs> just driven right through. Um, then Rachel starts sending freebies into the abyss. Looks relieved when they don't get vaporized <laughs> or they do get vaporized we don't know we, don't know. we just know that they disappear <laughs> it's just something they're not there anymore um so travis tells rachel and cal to go without him because someone has to stay back and defeat moynihan and he promises to come and find them later cal finally nails the pa- the pacing of a line he says travis you take care of yourself <laughs> That's a ripoff of somebody. Let's just throw it in there. That's a Yeah, that's that's something. Um, so Moynihan then storms in with the football team. And Moynihan says, we meet again. Surprised? I said, no, he's been shooting at you for the last 10 minutes. Yeah, you. he knew you were there. It, it would be really weird if he was surprised. Yeah. Um, so then Moynihan seems excited by the prospect of stealing Rachel's compound. What it lacks in Death Pit, it makes up for in clean water and a working teleporter. Um, but he forgot about one thing. Ron Marshy, I mean, John Travis. Uh, Moynihan for- says... And that's what he says. You forgot one thing. Me. Me. Yeah. Come on, John McClain. John <laughs> Travis McClain. So then Moynihan says get him but don't kill him we need the code (laughs) (laughs) that was great um i said can he just get that from rachel like she's standing right there 
They're like, um, we need we need the the iron trap brain of John Travis to help us with this. Not the yeah. woman scientist who's been who's been it who we kidnapped after right. we did the crystal. Could have tortured and gotten the code out of. But totally. no, we didn't think to do that then. Yeah, I'm thinking like they have him strapped to a chair and they're like torturing him. They're like, all right, what's the code? And he's like, zero, 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 zero. <laughs> zero 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 one he's like we could how long are we gonna do this ron or john and he's like um well how uh it really depends on what the answer is because i don't know what it is so somewhere between zero 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 and nine 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 i was never really good with multiples you're gonna have to figure this out on your own um so yeah rachel and cal get transported Travis takes out all the helmet guys. Now he must face Shredder. Travis removes his hat in preparation. Okay? Mm-hmm. Jeff. Let's take a breath here. All right? <laughs> this, is, this is where the movie becomes, goes from unwatchable to great. <laughs> this movie goes from Mission Insanity to mission in freaking possible. Impossible. Here it is, Jeff. Joe, first of all, Shredder's alive. That's not the crazy part. No, no. Yeah, Shredder is alive. Fine. Um, he survived the electric fence. Travis kicks off Shredder's mask. Shredder is on a profile. Okay, there's there's a his face is painted white. He wipes blood from his face. Then he removes his helmet. Okay. And then he reveals himself. He turns, and he is... Half blackface. Half blackface. I shit you not. Half blackface. He is half blackface. Now, Jeff, key point here. Where original half blackface had an electric bolt pattern, this man does not. Yes. Where original half blackface had blackface, blackface on the left side, this man has blackface on the right. So perhaps this is a brother... Or a close relative, someone who I proceed to call Black Half Face. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, y- you can see in my notes I was writing something and I just my pen just like drifted off. off. <laughs> I wrote Half Black Face. <laughs> Jeff, I don't know the- what I was writing. It didn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the whole movie changes at this point. It's like I wasted an hour and fifteen minutes to nope. All worth it. All it, worth it. And it becomes exactly what we want out of our Ron Marquini movie. I put, who cares anymore? I am so happy. We get half blackface. We get nut kicks. We yeah. get everything we want. Yes. We get some more Moynihan just sprinkled in for fun. Oh, my God. Um, it's the all the greatest stuff from the Marquini-verse yes. happening and, in, this, in this movie. And he karate chops half blackface at one point and that's when i realized this movie's title is a play on karate karate chop right right so back back to the beginning back to the reveal i say (sighs) travis appears shocked as we all should be (laughs) shocked excited titillated offended offended. (laughs) (laughs) uh black half face can actually really fight he is kicking travis's ass while moynihan fiddles with the teleporter controls well, okay. Black Half Face looks. They show him in more detail later. He looks kind of like um, uh, Ivan Drago. Yes, with, a little with bit. the hair, with the haircut and everything. A little bit, yeah. But um, not enough to call it a ripoff. But the, right. you know, 
Just the There's way there's a noticeable Dolph- comparison. Yeah, the way they have Dolph Lundgren done up for uh, Ivan Drago, it looks a lot like him. Right. Uh, so Travis throws everything he has at at Black Halfface, but Black Face in the '90s was more powerful than anyone could have imagined. Uh, even a swift nut kick does not defeat him. No, and that's his go-to move. That's like his finisher, and it's it doesn't work. Like he he bounces back up. Uh, but Travis eventually defeats him with a karate throat chop, the karate yes. chop, as you said. That's what kills racism. Yes. Uh, so have they tried, Joe? Have they tried karate chopping the Confederate statues? I don't think they have. <laughs> I think there'd be a lot of broken hands. But Ron, if anyone could do it, and if if he was willing, which yeah, I was gonna say, he wouldn't be. <laughs> Let me ask him. I can ask Let's him on just Facebook. Yeah, man. Just He's go just hanging out on Facebook. Would you hey, be willing Ron. to go karate chop all of the Confederate statues? Could you go ro- karate chop uh, Robert E. Lee's statues, please? um so moynihan then attempts to go through the teleporter and here's what moynihan says so long cop i've got worlds to conquer and kingdoms to rule how exactly (laughs) he is going to go from stockton to juno and be in what's questionably arguably a worse situation because he has a criminal empire in stockton (laughs) they're all dead he has to start from scratch in Juno. Right. That's not easy for a no. small fat man. <laughs> With limited um, skills. Correct. Um, and limited acting ability. So Travis kicks the crystal rod at the last second and Moynihan is vaporized. Okay. Mm-hmm. But don't worry. He'll return to Omega Cop 3 as some other creepy weirdo. <laughs> uh, Travis says... It maybe has his best line of the film. He says, assholes to ashes, dictators to dust. You know, he was so proud of that line. <laughs> he was so proud, Joe. He was beaming. Yeah. Um. So the circuit box blows behind him. Alarm is sounded. Self-destruct is initiated. Remember, he can't go through the teleporter. He just blew the rod. Um. So Travis retrieves his hat. Okay. And then escapes the building. Then we see a hand slowly creeping toward a dead guard's gun. <gasps> Travis escapes the building, calls to Mick, who does not respond. Nope. <laughs> Black Halfface is alive. <laughs> what? He sur- the guy who survived an electric fence can also survive a karate chop? Karate chop to the throat. And he is lining up a shot from the window at Travis. Okay. Uh, the timer runs out. There's no explosion. Travis does a little callback. He rips off his own movie. <laughs> says, yes. Nothing works. And then Travis applies hat to head. And as he does so, Black Halfface puts his finger on the trigger, but the building explodes. Okay? Yes. Um, and hold on. This countdown, it ripped off a movie, but I can't figure out what movie it is. I think it's Spaceballs, but I'm not sure. Because at the end of the countdown, okay, the countdown says, before the explosion, have a nice day. That is in something. Huh. But I cannot remember what it is. Could be. Yeah. That sounded familiar while I was yeah. watching. 
that's why I thought it was like Spaceballs. It's it seems like something from a from a parody movie, which lends credence totally. to the fact that this is a parody movie. Yeah, maybe even like a Naked Gun movie or something. Yeah, it's like a Naked Gun or an airplane or a Spaceballs, something like that. Totally. But yeah, it after the countdown it says have a nice day. And okay. um I don't know if this counts. He goes out of his way to get his hat. Indiana yeah. Jones does that a lot. I don't know if that counts. I'm I'm not counting it. I oh, just dude, like actually, that's really good. I think that that definitely counts for sure. All right. So that's all three Indiana Jones movies. We'll say then. Yes. Three uh, Indiana Jones, two Star Wars, Star Trek, Rambo, Mad Max. Uh, any action <laughs> movie you think of from the 90s, 80s, or from yeah. the 80s and beyond. Um. So Black Half Face lies dead in the rubble. The black half of his face is exposed and the eyes are wide open, reminding all of us that the key to defeating racism in Hollywood is by facing it head on, eyes open. Not like half blackface who died showing us the white half of his face. With his eyes closed. With his eyes closed. So, Travis emerges from the rubble. He's okay. Mick is okay. But most important, his hat is okay. (laughs) He is special police, Joe. Travis says, man's best friend. Ha. You're the one that just left him to die in a building. I don't know what you're. Yeah. The dog showing up again is proof that it's his best friend because it, um, he doesn't understand to die. Yeah. It's been left for dead several times. Yeah. So here we get the last line of the movie. Mick growls. Travis says, you're right right on cue my dog walks up look at that uh <laughs> travis says you're right mick food is the first priority and then he i think feeds him the big honk <laughs> then he yeah says, it could be which i don't think dogs are supposed to eat but i don't think anyone's supposed to eat those but then he says come on let's go find rachel and the rest of the freebies wow and Great. uh we get some terrible 90s love ballad called forever <laughs> I'll just read you the chorus. Forever, forever, I shine the light that will burn forever, forever, forevermore. I will always be with you. Fat guitar solo. Uh Uh-huh. And then, Joe, did you watch all the credits? I watched all the way to the end, and it breaks into like a Nine Inch Nails lost track at the end. Yeah, I put wild techno music (laughs) at the end. Like, this song ends, and it's just like a smash cut to this other music that's completely different. There's no crossfade or anything. There's no fade whatsoever, yeah. Um, So Ronald L. Marcini co-wrote this hunk of shit. That's important to to know. And then there's more Stockton and Sack shoutouts, and we get the same shitty trailers at the very end, uh, just the same shitty trailers as last time, right? From Digiview. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jeff. Uh, I have my own ending to this movie because I kind of thought that sucked. So, okay. would you like to hear that? Real okay. quick, I just want to give, there's four facts to this movie on IMDb. Okay. Before we get into your scene, I just don't want to forget to give you all of these facts. One of them was that this was on Rift Tracks. Mm-hmm. You guys are familiar with Rift Tracks. That's one of the four facts, Joe. Rift Tracks? Yes. Second track. A sequel to 1990 Omega Cop. Also, no, it says an apparent sequel to 1990's Omega Cop. Okay. <laughs> apparent. <laughs> apparent. It's not established. Okay, that's, that's, those, so those are half the facts. Okay. Third fact. Filmed in 17 days. I buy it. Oh, yeah. I would Fourth, think less. Anyway. <laughs> Fourth fact. Okay. Oh, God. (laughs) 
Ronald L. Marchini survived a drive-by shooting. Oh, I heard about it. <laughs> Following a day of filming, Marchini and his wife were walking in Group Park in Stockton, California, when a car pulled up to the couple and both were shot at from the back seat by an unknown individual. So we get it's on Rift Tracks. It's a sequel. Seventeen days. <laughs> the main force behind the movie was almost shot and killed while it was being made. Who'd have thunk? In Stockton, of all places. In Stock- if you aren't safe in Stockton, you're not safe anywhere. It's the truth. Who loves regional California, Northern California humor, Joe? <laughs> we do. Um, okay, here we go. Here's my ending, Jeff. So, we get a shot as Mick and Travis are walking away into the sunset. A rat runs across the screen in the foreground. Okay? Mm-hmm. Then we get the voice of Michael Caine narrating. He says, every trilogy consists of three pods. And then we see the rat heading back toward the rubble. He says, the first pod is the pledge. And we cut to scenes from Death Machines. (laughs) He says, the producers show you something ordinary. The second act is the turn. And then we cut cut scenes from Omega Cop. (laughs) Okay. The producers take the ordinary something and makes it into something extraordinary. And then we see a whole bunch of rats are crawling all over multiple containers of drowned Bobby Moynihan's (laughs) haircuts. Okay. (laughs) Then he says, but you wouldn't clap yet. Because making something disappear isn't enough. You have to bring it back. Then new Bobby Moynihan emerges from rubble. (laughs) Oriental dragon lady hair. Okay. Oh, my God. Okay. He says, Michael Caine, now you're looking for the secret. And it, it scans back toward black half face. He says, but you won't find it because, of course, you're not really looking. And then it scans closer into Black Half-Face's face. He says, you don't really want to work it out. You want to be. And then half Blackface's eye suddenly closes. Remember, it was open. <laughs> and then he says, fooled. And then half Blackface's eye suddenly opens. <laughs> indicating he's still alive. Wow. Joe. So you're saying that... that- by the way, if you don't know, that's the ending of The Prestige for everybody. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a mashup of The Prestige. Wow. Joe, wow. I would enjoy the ending to that movie so much better than this one with him just walking off into the sunset. Which, by the way, they went to Juno. So he's going to walk to Juno. That's his plan. <laughs> yeah, good call. <laughs> Juno, Alaska. That's his plan is to walk to Juno, Alaska. Uh-huh. So, Joe... The Marquini Cinematic Universe. We're going to take a break. I think that's a good idea. <laughs> but, Joe, we have to come back. Yes. Because watch, there is a say, series of four films. Is that what you're going to say? No, I was going to say we have to watch his last film. Joe, I think we're going to actually watch the entire Marquini Cinematic Universe at this point. Probably will, because there are four more films that come before the John Travis films, where he plays somebody named, like, Rob Patterson. It's some awful, like, generic name. Uh, but he plays it in four separate films. So it's definitely Steve, a Steve Parrish in Ninja Warriors, Forgotten Warrior, Jungle Wolf and yep. Return Fire. Jungle Wolf. Wow. Steve, 
document stealing killer super ninjas are up to no good. <laughs> a more robust and secure records management system could have discouraged such behavior. I really feel like that's like his like uh, office drama movie. His, oh, you know, he, he plays like an office guy. That, well, that's the description for Ninja Warriors. Interesting. Yes. But Joe, we need to return at some point for a movie called Karate Raider. Okay. Which is Ron Martini's final movie, 1995. He plays Jake Turner. But the reason that I really feel like we need to watch this movie is I looked at the box and it says Ron Martini, Joe Estevez, and Burt Ward. Joe, do you know who Burt Ward is? Ward is in this movie. He's Robin. He's Robin. So (laughs) Adam West was like, you know who you have to work with, Burt? is Ron Martini. It's been such a pleasant experience for me. I think I'm going to turn you on to my buddy, Burt Ward. He lets you write whatever you want. Just be drunk on set. Amazing. I need to watch this just to see what type of behavior Burt Ward gets up to. Dude, for sure. <laughs> this is amazing that Marcini, like Marcini seems to have a lot of connections. Like, how is he getting these guys? I don't know. It's It's incredible. I think he's offering them money. I think that's what he's doing because it's I don't see any reason. Him. Yes. So Joe. He probably uses like 70% of the profit from the, I shouldn't say profit. None of these movies are making profit. But like 70% of the budget goes toward like one actor for 10 minutes. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if these were money laundering operations. There's no reason for these movies to exist. Totally. Should we ask Ron Marquini? Can we get him? <laughs> Let's get him on the podcast. <laughs> Just Facebook message him. All right, so Joe, the Marquini Cinematic Universe is in the back, the the back burner for now. Yes. How how, how do you feel about it? Uh, confused, <laughs> confused. um, frustrated, <laughs> like very, but but pleasantly frustrated. Like like I I've I've had some fun here. Like sometimes we're a bit of a drag. I thought, what am I doing with my life? A lot of what things am I doing, I'm doing with doing this? right now. Yeah. Um, but. I I I laughed. I genuinely laughed. There's we've had a lot of fun. We've only covered three movies. Yeah. I so yeah, watching them. So sometimes I feel guilty because you know Kate's office is 15 feet from mine, and I'll be watching a Ron Marquini movie or or some some Fast and the Furious movie while she's working on conference calls or whatever. Right. I didn't feel I didn't feel guilty watching these movies because I wasn't enjoying myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was work. This felt like work. <sighs> So, but half blackface made it all worth it, man. Joe, I was so excited. We got everything we wanted. So, all right, <laughs> let's let's put the Marquini Cinematic Universe behind us for now. We're coming back. We yes. we both have Mar- MCU movies we want to watch. We've got Marquini Madness. <laughs> <laughs> Marquini Madness. Joe, next March. That's when we'll we'll watch the five Mar- Marquini. I like it. Marquini. Marquini March. Yeah. Okay. Let's hope we remember that. But. Next week's movie, Joe. It's on Netflix. So nobody has to, or at least it was on Netflix. I hope it still is. Because I am not paying money for this movie. <laughs> but it is uh, a movie that you can actually see what's going on in it. It's from 2016. It is on Netflix. It's called The Assignment. Stars our old friend Michelle Rodriguez. Michelle Rodriguez. And I'm going to give you the description of the movie from, this is from realgood.com. Okay. Okay. Ace assassin Frank Kitchen is double-crossed by gangsters and falls into the hands of rogue surgeon. Okay, that I didn't say that wrong. That's rogue surgeon. Ace, let me re, let me start over. Ace assassin Frank Kitchen is double-crossed by gangsters and falls into the hands of 
a rogue surgeon. I did a little bit of editing there. A rogue surgeon known as the doctor who Uh, turns him into a woman. The hit man, now a hit woman, sets out for revenge, aided by a nurse named Johnny, who also has secrets. (laughs) Hour and a half long, starring Michelle Rodriguez, Sigourney Weaver, Sigourney Weaver? And Tony Shalhoub. Tony Shalhoub? <laughs> Monk himself? Monk himself. Wow. I love teams it. Up, teams up with Letty and Ripley in this smash hit. The assignment. The assignment. So that'll be next week's movie. That's um, our assignment for next that's, week. That's yeah, our assignment. And uh, Joe and I will do our... We're, we're tackling all the big issues. Global warming, racism trans rights i'm sure this movie will handle the trans part of this very delicately sure with a lot of respect and and a lot of truth to experience a lot of truth (laughs) and it's and it's not like they made becoming uh it's not like they made trans surgery a punishment right or anything (laughs) like that or something that would evoke a murderous rage (laughs) or the 21st century version of waking up in a seedy hotel bathroom tub full of ice. Right. (laughs) So. Oh boy, here we go. That'll be fun. So that'll do it for this week's episode of the Reactionaries Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast app of choice. If you didn't like what you heard, just go ahead and subscribe. We will be back next week with the assignment for Joe. This is Jeff. Take care and uh, try not to rip off any more movies, Ron Marquini. Forever. Forever more. Stay tuned.